Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Marvel What Now podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I was waiting. I was re- I had my accent ready to go. I can't do it. Do it. Do it. I'll start it. I'll do it. Ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, 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 ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-bum, Hey y'all, welcome back to the Marvel What Now podcast with our host, Kurt and Peyton, where today we're going to be breaking down episode six of Loki for all time always. Take it away, boys. <laughs> I mean, how, how what, that there's your opening right there. Who even needs a how, how do you follow that one? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome Tara Strong to the podcast. Uh, we've really moved up in the world. <laughs> I'm dead, brother. I am dead. Amazing. Uh-huh. Amazing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it's taken us a couple of days. We apologize, everyone, to get to this. Uh, but That alone I mean, was worth it. <laughs> if something were tragically to happen to Tara Strong, I mean, we gotta give we got to give Kevin Feige a call. We've got the replacement. <laughs> We've got the Miss Minutes replacement. Maybe, maybe you could do the Miss Minutes voice in like a video game that she didn't want to do or something. <laughs> yes, I'm, I've always wanted to be Tara Strong's understudy. Oh, the goddess, the goddess herself. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Minutes. <laughs> well, it bodes well for uh, uh, Emily that, uh, you know, speed impresses you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time I've been called. Uh, usually I'm called Mr. Minute. <laughs> Missy Elliott was on a good on a good day. <laughs> Missy Elliott was talking about you. She said, I don't want no one minute man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, well, I the mean... American Revolution called and they love Minutemen. <laughs> well, speaking of the American Revolution, we could go back in time and start the podcast from there if we wanted to, <laughs> because you know, at this point, I think everything's pretty much fair game now. Well, this, uh, you know, this episode, we, we got what we wanted, Curtis. <laughs> but let's talk about was it enough (laughs) i i definitely have thoughts on that um so we got it it's here loki finale um they did it they went there they (laughs) they went there i could not be more happy i just remember i'm sure you had the same experience where the elevator doors open and you're like this is it this is it like this is gonna be the big reveal and then it's jonathan majors and I I was just blown away. Oh, I shit my pants 100%. Literally, tr- I mean, I literally like clutched the pearls and gasped. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like I won an Oscar for that moment because it was a true, it was, I, you would have been very proud. It was a genuine, uh, genuine reaction. I was mind blown. And I, I, I had texted you that morning because if you remember, this was a couple of days, about a week ago now. And I, I, uh, I had watched it at around 5 a.m., so I, I, I think I had finished it right before you had even gotten up, and uh, <laughs> I had said to you, I was like, the first seven minutes, you're going to die. <laughs> I was like, here it comes, get ready. I loved it. It was like a surprise within a surprise. Like, oh, shit, it's Jonathan Majors, but, like, who's he playing? Is he Kane the Conqueror? Is he someone else? Uh, you know, at that point, we'd already gotten this minute's refer to him as he who remains and uh i i don't think they use the name amortis in the episode but you know that was like another kind of Potential. like a, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and oh my god my my mind is still blown i've got that episode playing on mute in the background right now and i'm watching it unfold and it's still just uh, such a good scene yeah, I, I watched the episode, you know, I finished it just a little bit ago before we, you know, we'd, we'd set to record today, and uh, I wanted to see it again, because I just wanted to, I, you know, we've, I actually, I've actually liked that we took a couple of days, because it was a big ending, it's always, it's always very easy to just have, like, a very knee-jerk reaction, even to, 
because you know we've got some criticisms for the episode as well which i think are fair to um to have like whether it's a strong or a negative a positive or a negative emotion it's always easy that first time especially when like big big things here and potentially this really at least in my opinion may be like one of the biggest things that's ever happened in the mcu literally in terms of the overall mcu itself so the fact that you know one of our big criticisms in the last episode if anybody has been paying attention and been listening with us and going along with this journey we did we were scared that (laughs) we were scared that they weren't going to go there but now it's like it's almost like the moment as soon as the elevator opened and i saw that it was him i was like oh my god they went there and then it was like oh my god what okay well what's gonna happen now fuck (laughs) like then i was even scared now like okay they went there what are they gonna do with it and uh you know he really was truly excellent um and it's like in a way it's almost like i don't think the next time that we see him it's going to be like the one that we saw now at all oh i completely agree like i think we're going to be seeing multiple variants of him or you know different time periods of the same character like i'm just curious how many times we're going to see jonathan majors play some variation of this character yeah that was something really exciting about it too because it's like this version of it and it, one of the cool things about this one is it was like both sylvie and loki are like traditionally the like you know the manipulators the one-uppers like the pull the rug out at the last minute and to see them both both completely on their heels uh and in different ways you know Loki or sylvie says later on in the episode why aren't we seeing this the same way you know, they do experience it very different ways, but to see both of them kind of back on their heels about what the fuck is going on. You know, we are just as much them, at, you know, in in the moment itself, because it is one of those things that's like, how much you how much can you trust of what he's saying? But at the same time, like, look where they are. I mean, they literally are in the void at the end of time. So it's like. There's just so much happening, I think, that I'd like to talk about today about greater MCU stuff and what that means, and then also the episode itself. Where do you want to start? Let's just start with the episode, because I think once we talk about the episode, that'll lead up to those bigger kind of greater MCU things, and that'll be that'll be a nice little way to, to button the end of this season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I had, uh, we had talked about it in the last episode, like going into this uh, finale you and I like we both have a knowledge of the comic books and so when we watch these shows we're almost like waiting for confirmation and I wish I could like watch it through the lens of someone who knows nothing about who Kang is who you know the casting of Jonathan Majors as Kang um, because like as soon I, I'm sure you're the same way as soon as those doors opened and we saw who it is. We didn't know how they were going to handle it, but they're like, "Oh shit!" Like that. Okay, that's at least the direction they're going in. And it it was just. I, I'm just so happy that they went there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like, agree. It, because we <laughs> we had so many expectations uh, after Wandavision. Like, okay, they didn't do Mephisto. They like still kind of made it work, but that would have been like a great opportunity. And we thought the exact same thing was going to happen this time and pleasantly surprised uh, that it wasn't. And it's going to have, didn't they even say that like uh, prior to uh, the episode, like, oh, this will have the biggest implication on the MCU moving forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly ever. That was one of the things that was uh, things about the entire episode that was the most interesting to me about it is, is that, you know, one of the most pivotal moments this is like a can't turn back moment for me. Do you know what I mean? It is like, and and we kind of see that play out through the episode when he gets to the point where they like quote cross the threshold where he kind of does, or at least he says that he doesn't know what's going to happen anymore. Uh, I, I mean, this is like the biggest moment. It literally is the episode where the multiverse is unleashed. It is like confirmed that it is, that it does exist. And they've also really kind of explained the variant. Uh, They've already kind of explained that for you, too. So anytime that we move forward now in a project, if it is like an alt-dimension thing, 
they already have kind of like a shared language for what that is now. So we understand what that means. So whenever that we see Jonathan Majors again, <clears throat> or, I, I mean, I don't know. The, the greater questions too about like, you know, the, the Spider-Man stuff and how that's all are going to connect. And really, I, I personally think this is the beginning steps leading up to Secret Wars. You know, we've mentioned on the podcast before about Secret Wars. Uh, being something way down the line. And I think this is really the true beginning steps of that. The Russos, I mean, they, they, they've done this shit in the interviews before where they say this like kind of innocuous comment, but it didn't actually was the plan all along. And they said that years ago after Infinity War came out when anybody was like, are you guys, would you guys ever be interested in doing another one? And they were like, oh, it'd be cool if we could do Secret Wars. Like Marvel hadn't already talked about that as a plan eventually. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you know, let them go off and do whatever and let them come back and do the Avengers movies. Like they're the team to do the Avengers movies. Let people do it and let them come back and have a big, you know, a, a mixing pot of everything that's happened since then. And I think this episode was the, a true game changer. And then it was so interesting that it was literally like such a small scene too. It was literally just three people and, and then nothing can ever be the same anymore. Yeah. I've got it on in the background and it's literally just the camera bouncing back between Sylvie and Loki sitting in a chair and Jonathan Majors behind a desk. And uh, yeah, it's just them talking and it's all, you know, just explaining what's going on. And I saw something today. I haven't confirmed it, but apparently if you start WandaVision and Loki, the finales at the same time, the moment where he who remains is like, oh, that's it. We've crossed the, th- the threshold. Like, I don't know what happens now. Is, is apparently the exact moment that Wanda is we see the projection of herself and she hears Billy and Tommy's voice. So there's some speculation that like her becoming the Scarlet Witch and like developing these reality warping abilities, like when she hears their voice, it's literally like happening simultaneously to this. So all these different branch realities that are happening like that echoing voice that she hears could potentially be variants of Billy and Tommy like oh they do exist in this other timeline oh my god <laughs> sorry we're gonna we have to take a small commercial break one of the <laughs> one of the beautiful, one of the speakers today has just had a coronary <laughs> I I I mean I just I think that's real. <laughs> I've not heard of this at all yet, but that totally makes sense. And I think it's another cool way of like, is it all this like, is it all the, is everything that, ha- is it like this major nexus point? Is it like Wanda and then Sylvia? And Le- is it almost like the, oh God, there's just too many things happening. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what could be happening. Oh, <laughs> I really don't know. Because, I mean, in this episode, there's not really anything happening that causes all the timelines to branch like the, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, Even uh, the moment before it, like, when he, like, kind of lets go of, like, his knowledge of it, if you will. And we see in the, you know, in the time stream in the background when it starts to branch and splinter. It, it's still this like I love that moment he played that moment so well too where it was this like I wonder what he's seeing in that moment too you know because there's always this thing where he's like it's like he's I guess we can probably a, a, attend attest that to his like technology that we don't see of like it's like he's seeing things that aren't there not in a psychic way but in this like kind of almost like time sense in a way it's like he's seeing time happen itself <clears throat> yeah maybe it's similar to how like heimdall can kind of see souls yes yes that's a good that's a good like way of seeing like in my opinion how he's like yeah it's kind of like the whole thor thing like science and magic like oh maybe he's using some kind of super advanced cyber kinetic like integration thing because we do see he has that kind of like super advanced like smartwatch that he interacts with it doesn't have like any kind of interface it's just all gestural but he does seem to you know interact with this in some way so like yeah you're right he is it's like he's seeing something or maybe he has just some kind of like 
cosmic time awareness or, you know, some Doctor Who explanation. Who knows? Or it could be, you know, futuristic, you know, vibranium technology. You know what I mean? Like he's a scientist from the 31st century. That's I I love that. I love God, so much happened in this episode, brother. <laughs> just like, and then, and then on top of it, it is like, what do what do we trust to be true? Do you know what I mean? What do we trust to be what actually happened? Because obviously, he is a manipulator, and there is some, like again, it, it, there is something else going on of why he would want it to happen, like why he would want the multiversal war to start. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's kind of like the Dark Knight thing. Like, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, you know, he's hinted that he's ancient. Like, he's maybe as old as time itself, or he's lived, you know, beyond the known amounts of time. And he said uh, he lives. He's lived a million lives. He said he's lived a million lives. Yeah, and he says this job. You know, he's like older now. This jobs for the young and hungry like he does for me kind of like fit that role of like oh he's god and he's all like powerful and on all knowing but like would that ever get boring after a while like Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. like when he says like oh we've crossed the threshold i don't know what happens now it's like you get the sense it's like the first time he's like feeling true kind of joy and elation from the like potential chaos that could come the not knowing yeah yeah could it be his like uh, he says you know we're all villains here uh and if 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 he is let's just say we take him for for if the gambit is that he is telling the truth but it seems like he's lying because you don't believe him but he's really telling the truth it's that like if he is the last remaining one of the Kangs from the pre-multiversal war, which seemed to already happen, if this is what I'm, I'm, that's what I took from what he was explaining, and that he is the last one in this, like, he at least presents himself as this kind of, like, benevolent protector, you know, which is why the TVA was created and all this kind of stuff. But it's also like, if now he's gone and he knows that more of the other one, I mean, he says the thing as he's dying, he says, see you soon. So it's this weird thing of like, he did he did the Avengers, I, I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to connect all that, like, like the Avengers and Thanos and all that kind of stuff to this, because that is 100% connected. So I'm, I'm just interested in like, and then there's also this thing where it's like a, it felt very. It, you you had posted on the What Now website with the picture of like uh, them stepping into the Citadel and it being the architect from the Matrix, <laughs> and that's very funny. But it was very similar in that, and it literally had the exact same thing. It was a person who was this seemingly omnipotent character that really was the person who was pulling all the strings, presenting our character. In this case, is there's two instead of one with a dilemma that basically they still win no matter what. And it it puts the like kind of moral onus on the heroes themselves. You know what I mean? And it changes the world. It is the, you know, it's the thing. If you, if you, if you don't plug back into the matrix and Zion's destroyed. (laughs) Like, I think, I mean, he's got to be some kind of tortured character because I'm trying to remember his exact quote, but he's talking about like, oh, well, if you kill me, like I'll end up back here anyway. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's, you know, Thanos always said he was inevitable, but like maybe it's Kang is always inevitable. It's like, oh, you kill me. That'll lead to a multiversal war, which will like lead to like the collapse of things, which means like I'll come back around and in power and I'll end up right back here again. It's like all cyclical. Like, it happens over and over. We even find out in the Matrix, like, Neo is, what, like, the sixth one to be? Yeah, yeah. I think that is what we're going to learn in the future, is that there has already been, like, secret wars in a way. Like, where we're moving forward into now is, like, you know, this new time. It's like the post, it's like a, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's almost like a it's already it has already happened in a way 
and the possibilities now of like what they could do with all i mean think about like i i also and i'm going to get off on a tangent here for just a second like i also think this is how chris evans is going to come back at some point i don't think chris evans is fully done i think he he's going to take a break for a while and they set that up of like and that's why it's even mentioned that Chris Evans is going to come back. <clears throat> I don't think as Captain America, he's going to be like Steve Rogers, Captain America, but like not the main one, but that closure of that timeline story and him being out, another person kind of out of time. Or did he go to a different reality? Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't really answer that. They made you think it was this, but it could be a perfect twist that he went to a different reality. And he just lived with a Peggy, but that's not how, you know what I mean? And if it's all, colli- it just, there's just, my brain kind of goes off already in the like possibilities of like what could, what could happen there. I mean, that would be a great way to do Captain Hydra. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. maybe bring back some of these uh, actors that have already been in the MCU, but play variants of the character. Right, right. Or, you know, Sam Rockwell could be like, a not dumbass Justin Hammer. You know, he could be like Tony Stark, but evil, like mm-hmm. truly dangerous. You know, they, yeah, there's the possibilities really are truly endless now. And if they dip back into that, like the other Marvel categories, I mean, they, they, they could just be such fun, such fun changes for so many different things. And it could be so like so many cool, you know, potential. I mean, <clears throat> look at how excited people have gotten for like like J. Jonah Jameson, you know, J.K. Simmons playing that version. So it's pretty much an unkept secret now that he's going to be playing both versions. You know, he's going to play the Marvel MCU version and then they're going to fucking put that wig back on him because he doesn't have the hair anymore. And he's going to play the older version of the Sam Raimi version. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they're they've truly solidified this idea of the multiverse and different versions from different timelines of themselves. And sometimes they even look different. They don't, they can look the same. We've been talking about this since WandaVision, bro. I'm telling you this, they're going to announce James fucking McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Magneto and Xavier. And they're going to be the ones that are on earth now. And the Patrick Stewart versions and all of them were branched timelines of that's how they can get Hugh Jackman in for some sort of cameo because I guarantee you they're going to get him for something in this now. Like that could be the re- that could be the way they bring in uh, uh, Deadpool and all this kind of stuff. There's just I mean this is like truly the key to what's going to happen in the future. I know it could. I'm so excited because it can like muddy things up and make them chaotic but it could also in a weird way be a a way to like clean things up or like you know oh you keep charlie cox's daredevil but he's a slightly different version of the daredevil than we saw in the netflix shows like those did happen but they're their own timeline or dimension or whatever but like keep on some of the best parts that maybe haven't fit into the overall narrative yet or that they didn't want to fit in, you know, if they want to just mm-hmm. write some of that shit out, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that kind of stuff, or they, or like the Runaways, like those can all just be different. All of the different, to me, this is like the way it's like all the all the former different Marvel properties are now timelines. Of the Iron books. Fist, please. <laughs> I mean, everything, like the Wesley Snipes Blade, you know, the, the, the Evans Fantastic Four movies, like to me, all of those now exist up in this branch timeline. I mean, that could totally be the way they explain Ralph Boner and WandaVision. Like, I don't, it's not like Ralph Boner was a variant of uh, Quicksilver, but maybe just the body. That, yes, and, that's yeah, what this, Like the yes, physical yes, form that's, was a variant. That's, that's what I think is 100% it is that the Quicksilver of the MCU was Aaron Taylor Johnson and he's dead. But there is a person who looks like Evan Peters on our earth, but he's just not Quicksilver. The like quote Quicksilver doesn't matter who the variant of each other is, is Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, they've already, they've already done that with Loki. We are, we've already seen that with Loki. Every, there have been Lokis in the show that looked exactly like Tom Hiddleston. And then there are ones that look completely different. So they've already explained that. And I think that's how they're going to like, that's, that's how why Peter Parker does. He 
looks different in the different worlds. He looks like Andrew Garfield in this world. He looks like Tobey Maguire in this one, but he's still Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So it's like the person, there is another Steve Rogers on a different world. He is this in this other world. There is another Tony Stark. He is this in the other world. So he I is Tom Cruise. I, I mean, that I totally think that is going to happen. I mean, I think there, there, there's going to be a lot of stuff. There has been so much. Okay, let me. That's funny that you bring that up because I want to mention this. <clears throat> Spoiler alert now, we for Black Widow, we'll get to that in our, in our next Black Widow episode. But along with, you know, you and I really follow like all the, we follow all the reports and this, you know, on Twitter and the Twitter sphere and all the things when secrets come out or like trades releases, casting news or whatever that comes out. I don't know about you, but I never once ever, ever heard Olga Kirilenko, who plays Taskmaster, who I know who she is. She was a Bond girl. She's been in some other stuff. Like I know her by name. And when that movie started, when the credits rolled up, I knew immediately. I was like, Olga Kirilenko's in this fucking movie. Oh, well, she's Taskmaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was one of those things that I, I never heard that I mean, we heard that rumor that, you know, we did hear the rumor about the Julie Lee's Dreyfus scene with Yelena. I also heard a different rumor that it was another scene with um, uh, Ross, which probably was shot that just didn't actually end up being cut in the movie. There was a scene, uh, we know you and I talked about the, the OT, uh, uh, Benle, I don't know how you say his, how his name, but the like fixer guy who bought her the plane that he was Taskmaster. That was really the running thing forever. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Olga Kirilenko's in the fucking movie. And then here, I never heard Jonathan Majors even, in the, and I read a report after this, that he was actually cast for Loki before it was really revealed that he was going to be the villain in Ant-Man. So the reason I talk about all that is because, like, they're, bro, they've got so many castings, and there are so many things that are, that are done. They just haven't even said them. You don't know where they're going to appear in things, and they've really, in a way, been able to keep some things incredibly secret now. Which is exciting. So, I mean, that was, I, I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but it's like, I do feel like there are some of these bigger castings already kind of set and they're just waiting because there are other things coming out before that they don't want to, you know, it would just become this big hodgepodge of like, well, John Krasinski's fucking Fantastic Four and now appear, it's confirmed that uh, Tobey Maguire's in Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And then Marvel's like, well, you know, we do have the Eternals coming out too when nobody's talking about that okay like you know what i mean like it makes sense yeah and i think they definitely had the fantastic four cast already uh and you had sent me some of the quotes from emily blunt the other day and you know her feelings towards uh superheroes and superhero movies and i'm i'm hoping it's all just like misdirection um if she's not on the Fantastic Four, like I don't blame her. Like she doesn't owe us anything, but I, she is my like her and John Krasinski, my number one pick. And if it is done, then I mean that would just be mind blowing. But they definitely have so much shit behind the scenes confirmed. They have they're doing so much. I mean, you just sent me that article about they're expanding uh, their animation studios. They have so many. I mean, look at the rest of this year. We've already had three shows and a movie, and we've still got three movies, three movies, and, and three just, shows. Uh, uh, three shows, yes, because they just confirmed the other day that Hawkeye and Miss Marvel will premiere before the end of this year. So, combined with What If, that's six more projects left in five months. That is insane. Yeah, and insane. So, yeah, they're totally, like, planning out their marketing. Um, <clears throat> and that's not to mention, you know, right around the corner in the beginning of next year, you know, like, Thor and Doctor Strange, those come out right, you know, those, those are right in the beginning of the year. Those are, like, March, you know, February, March, April. Oh, my God. Oh, we've got so long to wait till Doctor Strange. But I'm, hope, I'm hoping, and it seems like uh, it will happen, that Spider-Man No Way From Home will... Um, touch back on the multiverse and everything that's going on there because I'm imagining that Eternals, Shang-Chi, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, I'm assuming those won't touch on anything like multiversal except maybe in a post-credit scene, maybe. I think what if it's 
kind of been described as this like offshoot or everything that you see is all theoretical and predictions. But I, I think now that we've seen what's happened in Loki, that all of those alternate timelines are asking the question, what if like, it'll be revealed that, Oh, all those different dimensions do exist in the MCU. And despite this illustration style, like they are all very real. Yes, 100%. I think that's how they'll they'll reveal every project is going forward. It's just, you know, it opens them up to just say, well, it's just an alternate timeline that exists now post, uh, you know, the multiverse being opened up. <laughs> <laughs> they get to incorporate everything. Every animated show from the past now is open. You know, every project they've done ever is now fair game because they own it all. You know, I mean, 90s X-Men is involved. You know what I mean? That's now part of the multiverse, like, the possibilities truly are kind of staggering here. Um, I don't know, man. It makes me excited. It makes me really, I, I did read a report the other day too, that, that Kevin Feige, you know, he also did a, a or a Twitter live uh, post about black widow. They were doing a black widow watch the other day and he answered some questions that were a little bit more behind the scenes. He's talked about how we'll learn that, how, we'll learn what happened to Yelena and that kind of stuff. Like he's just giving answers that way. And I, and they had a meeting about like kind of the rules of the multiverse and how it works. So there's still going to be some sort of structure to all this, which is cool. Um, it, you know, it could be just silliness or just like easy way to retcon some bullshit. If you know what I mean? But I am excited, and I think that at least what at least what we even already know about like, dude, fucking Tobey Maguire. I swear to God, I am I am a fan. I am going to die when I see him on screen in the MCU. I mean, I'm just going to die. And he is, he is that version of of Spider-Man. Like the, the, the child in me, like just truly just explodes with joy and the way that they made, made this be able to like literally work narratively. Just like I can't, my brain is just, just goo. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this opening it up to the multiverse like any kind of missteps or you know you're talking about retconning like any thing that's existed in the past it now flips it to become an opportunity like uh you know recasting edward norton um as the hulk you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oh does that just become like a variant now kind of thing mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. uh yeah you're talking about like bring back Tobey Maguire and all these different Peter Parkers. And I know we've talked about this before and it's floated all around the internet, but like the theory that Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker looks just like Tom Holland's uncle Ben in the 616 universe, which I think is amazing and would be soul crushing in the best way. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of like, that's such a brilliant idea. If they don't do it, it'd be stupid. Do you, do you know what I mean? Especially now that they've introduced this idea of variants. They haven't shown Uncle Ben the entire time. You know, it's the perfect kind of flip. And it also kind of would, in a way, be like weird for Tobey Maguire to kind of see it and to know that he's like dead, but it was also the You know what I mean? It's like, it's a way of them all kind of connecting in the same ideals of the heroes, even if their circumstances are completely different. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. they, they all gone through the exact same thing, you know? even if it's not the exact same scenario, you know, all three of them have lost uncle Ben, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> oh, that, I, there's just so much you can do with that. And it's, there's been like a lot of, I don't know, you'd call it like loose news around no way home. Like, Oh, actors are denying that they're in this. And, but we really don't know like much about the plot, like how it'll be handled. Everyone's trying to, piece it together and would it be cool if we did this and that but like we really don't know I think I've always thought of it as you know equal parts Tom Holland Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Garfield like they're all integral to the plot of the movie but who knows like maybe they're not in it as much as we think like right right I mean because it is still Tom's franchise you know and it yeah. should be. he is still the Spider-Man and I don't want them to overtake it all, and that I, I, I think they're going to do it delicately, where everybody's respected and given their moments too, and they all. But you know, it's, he's still like the main. Because I also just read a thing that he's like in the he's in the works for an, another trilogy, 
which thank thank God, which please like now it needs now it's time to be older, Peter. You know what I mean? Like college age, or you know, like move him into that, like post high school area. You know, and I, I they need to keep him around as long as possible. And if there's these other ones that just exist and they zip off to their worlds after this, cool, that's awesome. You know, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I want to talk about the special effects in this episode because I thought they were fucking incredible, especially the first. Like anytime it was outside the Citadel, um, I just thought they were really. I mean, Ashton even said it when we were watching. He was like, "Movies are in trouble." <laughs> He's like, "If they can do something like this, like these, just these things, just look so amazing." And the cinematic feel to them is the 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 special effects in the in the void and like when you see the time streams on like that stuff, it just was gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful, and truly just kind of stunning in some points. Oh, I think, yeah, I completely agree. I think this whole show, like this entire season has been very consistent. Like I'm a huge uh, like design nerd and the entire design of TVA, like I was just geeking out the whole time. Like the whole set design, the, um, the animations, the graphics, like this show was, is definitely one of my favorite things that Marvel's done. Like it's in my top three Marvel projects, like whatever it's, it's It's, been, it's certainly been one of the, I agree with you. It's certainly been one of the most ballsy in my, in my opinion, in terms of maybe not even in terms of like groundbreaking storytelling, but just like them just being really uh, like, I, I guess like the Taika Waititi energy, like, you know, it's just that kind of like explosion of creativity and color and design and the acting choices. And, you know, it just, it just seems like it just all really comes together. And uh, I just, I was really impressed by just the production elements of the, of this episode and even the castle itself, you know, you would explain that concept of Kintsugi that the, the entire castle was that it was like broken and put put back together you know which in a way is like it's such a if you i didn't really understand that either until you explained it i was like oh cool cool but then you and then i think about immediately like well that's exactly what isn't it's so representative of him and like breaking timelines and doing all this and trying to force these things back into you know his little power ranger watch that he has that he has superpowers (laughs) with like you know now i'm just picturing rita casting down like a giant version of he who remains like down to earth from the moon i mean you know the big hulkbuster shit that's like megazords and stuff like you know we're we're they do have the like (laughs) we do have the like upgrade system you know (laughs) the powers get crazier as you know there's always the, the the bigger level up the music uh in this show for me was also some of my favorite music in the mcu as well like uh i was reading an article about the music composer and talking about drawing inspiration um, you know, from like a Clockwork Orange and just a lot of uh, Stanley Kubrick stuff. Um, yeah, the music felt very creative and inventive and futuristic and somewhat, you know, nostalgic from the past. And I think they did a great job. Um, but what I want to talk to you now is about the things we didn't like about the finale. Perfect. Yeah, I... I... I as it's a weird thing to talk about because I I love that they really uh, I kind of you know people always criticize as just a big Marvel finale big the big explosions and stuff and this one was the opposite of that it was like a cerebral conversation and there was a little bit of fighting but the fighting was like greater extensions of like emotional and like um, you know cerebral journeys you know it was like. Mm-hmm her fighting to kill him and him fighting to stop her was like them. It was like a literal, you know, manifestation of their, you know, ideal towards each other themselves and the entire situation that's going on. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that they gave everything, particularly Jonathan majors. Cause they went there. So I, I do appreciate that when they, if they're going to do this now, then when they do this and they do the reveal, give the person the time they deserve. The villains need to be just as, built up as the rest of them. And I love the mystery that they brought with him, 
but I also love that they they really gave him the time. But that's the problem. And, and it, how ironic that a show about time. My criticism is that they didn't spend enough time on the rest of the plots, and I really felt like uh, it was a cliff. It was I don't want to say a cliffhanger ending, but it was like an un. The thing that Wandavision, I think, did. We talked about this in the last episode where. We had thought that it was going to be this big reveal at the end, but what actually ended up being was a completed story about a personal traumatic journey. And then there was some stuff that was like, we've got some more, and it's going to happen after this. But the journey itself was a beginning, a middle, and an end of a story. This one felt like it was like the beginning and the middle, and then like a big explosion of at the end. I, I don't want to use the word cliffhanger, but it still was like, because there was resolution in some capacity, but it was still, like, not enough. Yeah, and we had talked about, you know, the episode uh, prior to this, like, oh, we're going to be disappointed if they don't do Kang, and, like, we're not expecting it. And, of course, they went there, and my mind's still blown. And so I was completely satisfied, uh, you know, beyond satisfied with Jonathan Major's uh, portrayal, like the fact that they did He Who Remains. They talked about the multiverse and Kang, and there was the reveal of his like statue at the end. But I 100% agree that they kind of dropped the ball on some of the er- other characters, such as, uh, you know, Mobius, Renslayer, um, even like Hunter B15. And you and I have talked about this offline. It It really felt like they did that because they wanted to extend the story into a season two. And we kind of theorized like, Oh, well this was, they were producing this show during like the early days of Disney plus, like Disney plus probably wasn't even out yet. And they didn't know how things were going to go. And they realized like either WandaVision did really well, or they really got a hit on their hands with this show. How can we stretch it into a second season? And for me, that's where it fell flat. Because we do get the reveal, like, oh, Renslayer has, you know, before she was Renslayer, she was a teacher in Ohio. And, like, that was really interesting, but we already knew that everyone was variants. So, like, just that small tease that she was a teacher in Ohio, like, that's exactly what I expected. Like, I knew it was going to be something, but I need that story of, like, what was her Nexus event? Like, what was her path to becoming that person to who mm-hmm. she is now? And I think they're just like, well, we'll save that for season two when really I was expecting resolution for that in this episode. And the, yeah, exact, same, the exact same feedback uh, with Mobius. I would say for me, even more so for Mobius than her, I would flip that and make him the one that I was like, I needed some sort of like uh, emotional catharsis. I could have had more her, like do what she did, like live and survive to do something clearly in the future. That's fine. And I think she's a plot line that maybe is going to continue to extend a little bit further because of her connection to him in the comics. And I, you know, her last line about searching for free will and all that kind of stuff. Like there's going to be a, there will be a, I was fine with the way her story ended, but for me, Mobius was the one particularly that I was like, I felt really unfulfilled with him having any sort of, uh, I mean, I, I saw an inter- uh, someone made a comment on the internet that said, will uh, Mobius be the Phil Coulson of the multiverse? And I think that's a cool idea and a great role for Owen Wilson to fill. But but my criticism of that and is the same thing about Coulson prior to him having AIDS as a shield was that, he, you know, he's just this like plot device. You know what I mean? He just comes in and has his little cute little line and then he's gone. Like, the, 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 you, you know, we didn't really... You, I don't think you watched Agent Shield and you watched the last season of it with me, but like Colson, who he was, was awesome, was super, 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 super cool. And it was just really great to see what they went on. But up until then, he was really just this kind of like convenient little plot device. So I don't want it to shift into that for Mobius either. So I, I agree with you. There was, it was definitely, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's my only kind of criticism probably my only criticism of this episode but it's kind of a big one and um you know just cutting things short and then also the the post credit scene uh you know the big reveal that there's going to be season two 
Like, I'm absolutely excited there's going to be a season two. Like, I want more of this show. But it definitely felt like a, a gotcha moment. Like, you know, like, oh, just have it, like, one line on the screen. Like, oh, Loki will return in season two or something like that. Mm-hmm. But to, like, not further the story, not set up something else, just be like, see you during season two, felt very much just like a a business pitch kind of thing. And, and yes. less of, like, the typical Marvel way of, like, oh, here's what's happening moving forward. Like, won't you come along? Yes, yes, completely, completely agree. Because I remember the credits ended and I wasn't for, I I wanted to avoid spoilers. So I didn't search uh, at that point, you know, oh, is there uh, a post-credit scene or not? And so I kept like rewinding and fast forwarding. I'm like, where the hell is it? And so I was a little let down that that was it. Um, although the post-credit scene in episode four was pretty badass, that's true. It was weird how there was only one in the in the whole season. Uh, I I think that's cool though. It's you know it's it's definitely keeping us kind of on our toes. Uh, but it was interesting when they chose to do it as when they chose to not do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know. <clears throat> I, I, there was nothing Kang related I really would have wanted. Like, and we, I, I, the biggest question of all we haven't talked about this one is Sylvie. You know what I mean? Like, what we didn't even see her again. You know, she's just in the Citadel at the end of time. Is you know what what is going on with her? And now you know Loki has a very uh, Planet of the Apes moment where he you know he comes out and he he's the it's you know it's the exact same thing, but it's like we don't know you. And then there's the huge like the giant statue of. Kang instead of the uh, of the um, you know the timekeepers, so it's like he's clearly gone back and rewritten some, and they don't know who he is anymore. So that's frustrating that we have seemingly kind of gone back a little bit in terms of like character relationships. But like, I mean, I thought you and I talked about Hiddleston not being around, but it seems like he's going to stick around. He's pretty much confirmed to be in Doctor Strange two. I would not be surprised if we saw him again somewhere again before this. I'm I would be shocked if he's not in uh, Love and Thunder and even in a cameo, you know. So, yay for us! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see him appearing like in the post credit scene of Love and Thunder. Um, oh, Penny has something to say about that. Penny really thinks that Loki is going to show up again at some point. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a fan of Love and Thunder. <laughs> She's got a criticism of the MCU. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see him popping up in a post-credit scene and, you know, maybe he's exactly where we'd left him in this moment. You know, he's still in his TVA attire with the flaming sword. Uh, and he's like, come with me if you want to live or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. It would be kind of nice to see a Thor movie. I mean, I I do love Loki, but maybe it's a chance to dive deeper with Thor and Love and Thunder, and you know, finally see him kind of independent of Loki. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, should uh, is it time for the big question? I think so. It's uh, should be a small one. You know, not no real big uh you know implications on the mcu moving forward yeah yeah this really wasn't very monumental at all i don't think uh you know actually i i I really don't i think it's this is going to be one of the forgotten you know pieces (laughs) (laughs) well it's that time peyton conley to discuss the world's biggest question what now oh tara baby yes Oh my God! I don't really know, man. I I gotta be honest here. This is one of those things. And that, and that this is the biggest thing that we, you know. The what now is 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 truncated here at the end of the seasons now because it's truly hard to guess what could be what could happen. We don't know when a lucky season two is going to happen. It's going to happen. Obviously, they've confirmed that, but when it is coming, they've not really made any sort of announcement. I would assume next year. Probably early next year, maybe mid spring or something. Maybe after Doctor Strange. I mean, who who knows? Maybe they're already working on it. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know when we are going to see these people again. But my what now? Absolutely, I I I think that 
we're going to learn that the, all of the other Marvel properties came after this moment. So, like, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies happen now, and now they're going on, and then when he jumps into the third one is when, you know, whenever, whatever happens, you know, that, that's when they're essentially created in this, uh, in the new MCU moving forward. And, um... I hope we get to see Sylvie again, and I, of course, we will uh, before season two, uh, but, you know, maybe that's something, maybe that's what Hiddleston's storyline is in Mad- Multiverse of Madness, is that he's looking for her. Maybe Scarlet Witch is looking for Tommy and Billy, and he's looking for Sylvie. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, I haven't thought much about what is Sylvie up to now you're right she she kills Kang and she's just sitting there like what does she do she's, mm-hmm. does she start talking to Miss Minutes and like come up with a plan does she start manipulating the timeline or uh, yeah who knows maybe someone come, you know maybe a different version of Kang in that moment you know I mean Kang's gonna be around for a while now too so I it, I'd be curious to see when we see him again. When does Quantumania come out? Next year. Yeah. It's not until, I think, late next year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Yeah, I just hope he pops up and we see different versions of him. Um, you know, different variants, different... Oh no, you're gonna die. It's February seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. No. <laughs> There's no way we're not gonna see him until twenty twenty-three. No, he'll definitely he'll be popping up. I could definitely see him even appearing uh in what if, like maybe in the, the very last episode. There's something that involves him that ties it all together, or he's like in animated form in like a post credit scene or something. Right, right. I right there with you. Kurt. I mean Tara. What now, brother? <laughs> um well the multiverse is cracked open. Wide open. Um I think we've already touched on this earlier, but I think they're definitely leading towards secret wars that will be like the big multiversal war that we see, um, you know, it building towards in the MCU. And I think that would be a great way to introduce Dr. Doom, um, you know, given his history with the incursion and like the multiverse collapse in the comics, like, mm-hmm. you know, he could be the one that is detecting all this and is trying to um, not like, the TVA but like himself like he's he's gonna fix everything um and he'll be seen as like the bad guy but like his intentions are not pure but like in in the right direction um I also think this would be uh, so not really what now but I really want to see Mordo come back um if you know him and Doctor Strange, he is very strict on you know like not manipulating the the rules of time and like the natural world, like keeping order. So I think now that the multiverse is open, I you know I would love to see him come back in Multiverse of Madness, or maybe he's in a post credit scene in um, uh, No Way Home. You know, maybe you see Strange working with Loki and he's like, oh, great, even more sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is what you get, Strange. Bill comes due always. Oh, you know, Dr. Doom is not going to put up with Kang's bullshit. He's going to be like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always that other uh, villain that's like, oh, you think you're the badass? No, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a, a scene where it's maybe a clip of Thanos that we've seen before, but then like Kang just pops up and, you know, eviscerates him on the spot or whatever, (laughs) you know, Thanos with the infinity gauntlet and Kang's just like, you know, does his own snap and he disappears. 
Oh, you again with this stupid little glove. <laughs> it's like, I much prefer your variant that flew the helicopter. Like, I feel like Michael Jackson zips away into another reality. <laughs> I want to know more about what happened in that last scene where Loki is talking to Mobius and he's like, like, who are you? Like, uh, you know, like slow down. And then Loki looks over and he sees the giant statue of Kang because a like does loki still exist because mobius you know we know that he was a big fan Mm -hmm. um so like hopefully mobius would recognize him um you know as a loki Uh, but i'm just curious how much of time has been rewritten is it just like kang instead of the tva but then everything else happens the way it's supposed to or do we go back to the the main timeline and we see like other things have changed as well. Like, will they start to do little like Easter eggs where like information in the background is like different than it should be, or, you know, kind of like how they did in, uh, into the spider verse where it's not Coca-Cola. It's, I can't remember the thing they did like Coca-Cola, but it's spelled with K's or something. And like Mm -hmm. just all those little subtle differences. I would Mm -hmm. love to see Mm -hmm. them like play around with that. Oh, 100%. I love your idea earlier, too, about, you know, evil Steve Rogers. I mean, that could actually be a cool way. I don't think he'd ever do it, but, you know, Rob Downey Jr. could be something again in the future at some point. I don't know if I'd want him to, but, like, I'm just saying there's an opportunity to have some fun with some of that uh, and it not be disrespectful to the integrity of the, like, overall narrative of the timeline and the storyline of the MCU. Bring back uh, Chris Evans' Human Torch. Oh, my God. Anything except Jessica freaking Alba as the Invisible Woman. Just make sure she's not cast with John Krasinski. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's it. I'm done. All right. Goodbye. Episode over. We're done. (laughs) Thank thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's our new outro. Hey, thanks, guys. It's been great. Bye, bye. <laughs> it's been great fun. Bye. No, uh, why don't you give a uh, why don't you give a little shot to what we're going to be working on and like a little forecast, and then we'll wrap it up here right quick. Yeah. So Peyton and I have both seen Black Widow, and later this week we're going to be uh, trying to record our review and breakdown of that. So stick around. Um, hopefully, we can get that out this weekend. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, We'll be posting, like, latest news, custom artwork, uh, and that's where you'll see Black Widow announcements. And then moving forward, we don't have any more weekly shows, no more episodes to break down uh, for a little bit. So we'll start be starting to do some filler episodes, talking about some upcoming shows. We've already talked about Eternals and Shang-Chi, um, so we'll be talking about What If, Miss Marvel, um, and then maybe a few surprises. Maybe we'll be talking X-Men and Deadpool. and Fantastic Four. Uh, I could do a whole episode on the Deadpool Korg commercial that we got. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I, Dark Roll was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said that line, I went, oh, he's going to fit right in. He's going to be just, he already just right there. He just, he just slides right in naturally. <laughs> oh, any of you listeners have not uh, seen that, just please go search Core Deadpool commercial. Uh, it is well worth the watch. And uh, I believe that's the first time Deadpool's appeared uh, as an official Marvel, like MCU character. Which Marvel is Studios. hysterical to me. It was in like a commercial. <laughs> it, what better way? Like, exactly. It still gives me hope that they're you know, sticking to the essence of the character and they're going to do him justice. Oh, they will. They will. Ryan Reynolds would walk if they wouldn't. He, he's like, look here, this is my thing. And I'm happy to come over here and play in your sandbox, but come on now. We know what we're doing here. And Disney knows too. They've already got a freaking billion dollar cash cow. Just, you know, get it out. <laughs> Must be nice to, you know, stare down the eyes of Disney and just be like, no, we're doing it my way. <laughs> I hold the power and then Disney does what they already have done we're not going to make Deadpool 3 for like 6 years and fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look Jeff Bezos right in the eye and just tell him no <laughs> he'll, look him, he'll look up and ask us if we're excited about his rocket <laughs> and we'll whisper no 
You can be Miss Minutes and I'll be Rorschach. <laughs> I'd watch that show. <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode as those characters. So I'll be like, my problem with the episode was that Mobius didn't get enough screen time. <laughs> oh, I don't know, darling. I think he just lit up the screen. <laughs> Your Miss Minutes is real sexual. <laughs> she's real. <laughs> she's real. She's real sultry. She's very New Orleans. <laughs> Chill out, Blanche Minutes. <laughs> well, it's been a minute since she's been with anyone. <laughs> How do you know? What do you know about Miss Minutes? Miss Minutes' sex life. Uh, I'm Mr. Minutes. I know all about it. Well, you Mr. Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, my brother. And now we're just we're just rambling on. Here we go. It has been a pleasure, sir. I'm glad we finally got to knock this out. Uh, I'm super excited about what's coming up. Can't wait to chat about Black Widow um, later this week. I'm going to try to watch it again before we uh, we do another recording. And uh, thank you guys for sticking around, and we hope to uh, see you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. All righty. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Marvel What Now podcast. This is Kurt. For more theories and custom artwork, you can follow on social media at Marvel What Now. And I am Peyton, and for more pictures of me shirtless and just general buffoonery, you can find me on Instagram at P for the number Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N. Be sure to like and subscribe at the bottom, and we will see you when we see you, because we owe you nothing. <laughs>